Manchester by the Sea has made its way into theaters, leaving a trail of Kleenex and tears in its wake. But does it live up to the 97% fresh rating it currently holds on Rotten Tomatoes? Find out right now on another episode of Matt in a Matinee. Welcome back to another episode of Matt and a Matinee. I, of course, am your host, Matt. And I want to kind of start off this episode by updating you on some things. I know I said that I was going to have this show on its own, separate from the Absolute Geek podcast, and I still fully intend to do so. But I think I'm going to wait and kind of uh, make that move uh, after I have about five or six episodes put up on this page to see how they do and see if... This is something we want to continue doing if this is something you still like, if it's something I still like doing, if it's worth making a podcast before jumping into it wholeheartedly, just because some of these reviews, the episode might be 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long, or it could end up being like my Star Wars Rogue One review where it was 40 minutes long. Who knows? It just depends on the quality of the film, how much I have to say about it, how much I like the film my likes, dislikes, things like that. Just kind of my overall review of the film is really going to depend on how long the episodes are to where I might wait and do two films at once. Um, who knows? Uh, but yeah, with that being said, let's just go ahead and jump into my review of Manchester by the Sea. All right. Manchester by the Sea is written and directed by Kenneth uh, Lonegren and stars Casey Affleck as Lee Chandler an uncle who is obligated to return home to care for his nephew after his brother dies. Unknowing to him, it was his brother's last wish for him to be the guardian of his nephew, and he struggles with that decision. Throughout the movie, he recounts past memories that caused him to leave Manchester and distancing himself from the past. So when we first meet the main character, Lee Chandler's Casey Affleck, uh, he's kind of this brooding, irritable loner who works as a handyman for a Boston apartment complex. Uh, the, the film goes through showing him doing his daily routine of shoveling snow, fixing plumbing, and literally plunging shit out of the toilet. And when I say that, I mean literally plunging shit out of the toilet. There's this one scene at the beginning of the movie where he's plunging his, his tenant's toilet as she's on the phone with her friend. And she's actually telling her girlfriend how bad she wants to fuck her handyman as he's literally like knee deep in her shit, plunging it out of her toilet. Uh, I, I thought that was kind of funny uh one of the things i liked about this film is that for the first 30 minutes of the film you're left kind of asking why should i care about this character you you can kind of tell and the film kind of gives you that feel that he has a past but you just aren't sure what it is and why you should care about him but once you find out this troubled backstory uh lee kind of has it's like a sock to the gut that leaves you instantly feeling for him and kind of rooting for him in the end by the end um, like before, I'm going to go ahead and give you my likes, my dislikes, all going to be spoiler free. Then I'll let you know when I'm moving into the spoiler section. So that way, if you haven't seen the film yet, which I recommend, if you haven't seen this film yet, you, you fix that. You can pause this episode, get your butt to the theater and see it. And again, I apologize for the coughing. I, I am just getting over an upper respiratory infection. So everything is kind of crazy and I, I kind of still got this cough that I just can't beat. But I'm going to go ahead and try and power through this. My likes on this film. This film is painful and tragic, yet it is cut with elements of humor and laughter and is one of the best examples of the human emotion I've ever seen in a long time in a film. 
Like it complement it perfectly sets up the humor and the painfulness and the the tragic. It it, it sounds weird to say, but it's all complemented so perfectly. It's so well done. I I just can't I can't speak enough about how well they handle that that human emotion element in this film. It's it's like they they've done things where other films have tried to do but have fallen short. Manchester by the Sea fucking nailed it. The acting in this film is masterfully done and it is a must watch. And I mean a must watch for any inspiring actor or actress. The I I just can't I can't rave enough about the acting in this film. Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams have such an amazing on-screen chemistry that it feels more like you're eavesdropping on someone's private conversation on the street rather than actually sitting in a theater watching two actors on the screen. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I'm not joking. That's exactly how it made me feel. I saw this movie with Kellen. He said the same thing. He was like, it, you're, you're sitting there watching these two people have this conversation and, and go through these motions, and it's not like you're watching actors. You're actually like watching people that have lived it. So it's some of the best acting I've seen in a movie this year. Well, 2016, because we're in 2017 now. Happy 2017, by the way. Happy New Year. Casey Affleck is putting on a master class in subdued acting in this movie, making Casey easily, in my opinion, easily the frontrunner to win the Best Actor role at the Oscars. If this movie does not win an Oscar for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, I, I, there's no justice in the in the film industry because it is a masterfully done movie and it's mass. The acting is superb. The only other, only other movie I could see maybe coming close to it would be Denzel's new movie. I can't think of the name of it right now. I've been hearing good things about that one. Um, but from what I've seen, Manchester by the Sea is definitely the film that is going to be the buzz at the Oscars. Uh, one of my other favorite things is that a lot of this film is told through flashbacks. Uh, and those flashbacks are so elegantly done that it doesn't remove you or take you out of the elemental mindset this film wants you to be in. It adds to it. The film is so smart that it trusts the audience. It trusts you, the audience, that you'll understand that at times what you're seeing is a flashback and it took place in the past instead of the current story. Um, the way they do it is it may, there might be a distinguishing feature change. Like in a lot of them, Casey Affleck's hair is shaggier and different than it is in current times. And he's interacting with his ex-wife in the past and his brother's there. Like it's so masterfully done that it, it takes and it says, we feel that our audience is going to be intelligent enough to be able to differentiate, to pick up on these subtle changes and differentiate, differentiate, I can't say that word, differentiate, I can't say it, uh, we'll try it this way, pick the differences to tell, be able to tell what is current and what is in the past, differentiate, differentiate, I can't say it, I cannot say that word, so I really enjoyed that, the writing and directing in this film is some of the best I've seen in a long time, um, Kenneth Logan does an amazing job of painting the pure human emotion, and it feels so raw and so real. This is kind of film going into it. You have to ask yourself, can you handle this emotional ride? Are you emotionally ready for what you're about to take on? And and I'm not joking. Like you, 
you want to make sure that deep down inside, like you are emotionally ready for just how raw and and vulnerable this movie makes you feel at times. And there's there's good moments, there's bad moments. Like they take you on this emotional just roller coaster ride um, throughout this film, and it's 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 amazing. Lucas Hedges' performance as the nephew Patrick in this film speaks volumes about the career this young actor is about to have. His ability to kind of show you and guide you through the seven stages of grief in his own way speaks volumes about this actor's ability in this film, as well as it's a credit to the writing. This kid's going places. This is going to be a name that you want to remember. I wouldn't be surprised if this kid won an Oscar. I mean, he was in... Um, Moonrise Kingdom, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, I believe. He was in a lot of other films kind of like this. But this is some of this kid's best acting. And I definitely think he could he could be easily, his name could be thrown in there for best supporting actor in this film because he knocks it out of the park. And, and kind of what I mean, when he shows you those seven stages of grief, he kind of grief kind of does it in his own way. It's not like the stereotypical thing where I'm angry and I'm angry at this person for dying now. No, I'm sad and now I'm depressed. He kind of goes through the motions and one point where he has this complete breakdown and a panic attack and starts like throwing the like chicken out of the freezer. And I'll I'll cover that kind of why in my spoiler section. Well, it's not really a spoiler. Um, The dad dies of a heart. His dad dies of a heart attack and he. Basically, they, the ground's too hard to bury him right now, so they're going to keep him in a freezer until spring, until it kind of thaws out more, and they can bury him. So he kind of he doesn't like that, and he kind of has a complete mental breakdown at one point in the movie over it. And it's it's really, his acting, it, it, like I said, you can't say enough good things about the acting in this movie. It was spectacular. I I dare you to try and find another movie where the acting is this good. I think it's going to be hard. I know there's more out there, but I I feel like in the recent memory, you're going to find a you're going to have a hard time finding a, a movie where the acting was just this good. If I had to pick dislikes about this film, which are really hard because there's not a whole lot, I I didn't like. Well, before we go to dislikes, one more thing. Uh, Kyle Chandler, you might know him from um, what was he in? Friday Night Lights. He was rumored to be playing Cable. He was in, I believe, I want to say Super 8. Kyle Chandler's performance as Joe Chandler in this film was nothing short of remarkable. Even though he was only really in this movie through flashbacks, the actor did an amazing job showing you why his character was so well-liked and well-respected in this film, and in return, uh, making you that much more emotionally invested in the film and his death and kind of the story in the relationship with these people that revolves around him. So now onto my dislikes. There's not a whole lot I disliked about this film. Um, if I had to pick some dislikes, I would probably say that the pacing of this film feels a little slow at times. Um, that might give some people an issue upon rewatch. If you, this is something you decide to go rewatch, um, it wasn't. I mean, I, I noticed it every now and then, but it wasn't enough to remove me from the mindset or kind of the the state, status or stasis this film was trying to put you in. 
it wasn't enough to take me out of that. Um, not enough Michelle Williams. I can't stress enough how amazing she was in the film, but the issue for me is she wasn't in it enough. Her on-screen, on-screen chemistry with Casey Affleck is so good that you can't help but want to see and feel more than what's given to you in this film. Um, I, I, Again, she if she does not win Best Supporting Actress or isn't at least nominated for Best Supporting Actress, I will be shocked because she's that good in this movie. All right, so right here is the spoiler section of the movie. If you've not seen Manchester by the Sea yet, stop. Remove it. Go back. Go to the theater. See it. And then push play in your car when you're on your way home to hear the rest of my review. So I will give you five seconds now to hit that stop button. And then we'll continue on. All right. If you're still here, that means you've seen Manchester by the Sea. You know the spoilers, and you're ready for my opinions. Uh, Like I said earlier in this review, for the first 30 minutes of the film, you're left asking, why should I care about this character? You can tell he has a past, but you just aren't sure what it is and why you should care about him. And as the film continues on, you find out um, as more and more is revealed through the past and the flashbacks, he's running from the death of his three kids that he lost in a house fire that he kind of blames himself for. You know, he was drinking and doing um, coke with his buddies, his brother and his friends. His wife um, came down in and kicked him out and told him to leave. Um, so he was, uh, the house was cold. He said he was going to go turn on the heater, but he didn't. It dries out his wife's um, aller- sinuses. So he was just going to start a fire. So he threw some logs on the fire. Um, and then noticed he was out of beer. I went to go get more beer, realized he forgot to put the gate on, came back, the house was in flames, and the kids were stuck inside. Um, so, yeah, you kind of realize that that's what he's running from, and that's why he doesn't want to be in Manchester anymore. And It plays out through the entirety of the film. Uh, one of the most powerful scenes in this film is when Lee Chandler runs into his ex-wife, uh, Randy, played by Michelle Williams, on the street. And she asks to speak with him and is trying to apologize for all the nasty things she said about him um, because of the death of the children. This film does a very good job in this scene of showing how sometimes we move on with our lives on the outside, but very much stay stuck in the same place on the inside. Um, Randy has remarried and has another child with her new husband, putting on that front that she's kind of moved on. But once she starts interacting with Lee, you can see that in the inside, she she's kind of stayed so emotionally connected to the events and uh, how her words and actions have heavily um, weighed and negatively affected and impacted Lee's ability to move on that she's, she's just still just kind of stuck there and she still feels for him and she, she wants to help him get over it and kind of like, she tells him that, you know, I still remember, I haven't forget, but you kind of get that, ask, that that feeling like he's stuck in this situation and he kind of resents her because he's kind of like, well, why do I still feel like, you know, this is such a hard thing? Why I still feel so terrible for this? And she's moved on, remarried and and everything. And he's kind of like, I don't know how I should feel. And she wants to have 
sit down and have lunch with him. And he he's like, I can't, and he just kind of freaks out. And she she tells him that she loves him, and and it's just it's really hard um, to watch, and it's really hard to to stomach just because of how good the acting is and how good their on on screen chemistry is. And it's just I know I sound like a broken record, but it it's true. It's like a punch in the gut when the scene takes place, and I mean this movie. This movie comes kind of all over the place. Like I said before, you see the the relationship with with Casey Affleck's character and um, Lee and his nephew Patrick, and how they're kind of dealing with all of this, and how Lee is left to be Patrick's guardian, and he's not so sure that he wants to or can accept that. Um, responsibility. There's even at one point, like he's constantly getting in bar fights and there's one, one point where he gets in a bar fight and goes home and Patrick has taken care of him and Patrick goes up into his room and sees his pictures of his kids and he kind of gets it. He kind of gets what's going on. So then he goes down and talks to his uncle and, and Lee's kind of like, I can't, I can't move on. I can't do it. It's physically impossible. I can't do it. And like I said earlier, you get to go through the the different stages of grief with Patrick where he freaks out about the chicken and starts throwing it out because he doesn't want his dad to be in a freezer. He struggles that. He wants to keep the family fishing boat um, that is a lot of money. He He's saving up money to buy a new engine for it. And, and it, towards the end of the movie, it comes down to... Um, Lee wants to move back to Boston and continue his life as far away from Manchester as he can as to where Patrick doesn't want to because he plays hockey there. His girlfriends are there. His friends are there. He's banned there. He's in high school there. He kind of has his whole life there already set up, and he doesn't want to be moved to. So eventually towards the end of the film, it comes down to where Patrick is ready to give – or not Patrick, sorry. Lee is ready to give up um, and sign over guardianship of Patrick to a family friend who's got a bunch of kids of their own that is willing to take him. And that's kind of where this film ends. Um, This is very much a movie about how we get past trauma and regret and how we all have regrets. It's just a matter of if we let those regrets define us, but sometimes we don't have that choice as to whether or not they're going to define us. Um, I have to admit I love the fear, the theater feeling like I could have watched more and kind of wanted more. Um, I just felt like the story was so, the acting was so good, the storytelling was so good, it was so beautifully directed. the The mood was set perfect. The scenes were were shot beautifully. Um, the The soundtrack was done perfectly. You know, it you you were kind of emotionally invested. Where in in the the movie had just this amazing an almost uncanny ability to put you right where they wanted you. So when they wanted you to laugh and they gave you that humorous point, bam, you were there. But then they wanted to punch you in the gut and kind of make you feel what these actors are supposed to be feeling, or the not, I shouldn't even say actors, what these characters are supposed to be feeling. They, it is, they so easily manipulate you to put you into that situation. And I absolutely loved that. Uh, like I said, I could have, I definitely could have watched more and wanted more. Um, so with that, I give Manchester by the Sea a nine point eight out of ten. 
I definitely think it lives up to that uh, Rotten Tomatoes 9.7% fresh rating. Uh, I've recommended it pretty much to everybody who will listen to me. Uh, I do warn you, though, that if you're going to go see this film, you want to make sure that you are ready for this emotional ride that you're going to take. It's not a feel-good coming-of-age story. It, it's really not. It's about dealing with grief, <clears throat> dealing with death, dealing with these emotions and everything that go into that. And it kind of takes you, 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 you basically watch on screen someone play this out, play those, those stages of grief out and play those feelings out. And like I said, it's so well acted and it's so well done that it's like you're, you're sitting there watching it happen in front of you to just someone in your own life rather than two actors or three actors or four actors up on a screen at a time. It's just crazy how, how easily and effortlessly they're able to submerse you into this world um, that I, you know, I will probably go see it again. But like I said, I can't stress it enough. If you're if you're expecting something, I'm here to tell you this is a very emotional movie. If you are like me and you love movies, you just love movies. You love storytelling. You love acting. You kind of love everything. The essence of a movie is. If you're not going into a movie just to for cheap entertainment, um, you might want to go look at something like that's in theaters now, like. I don't know, last Christmas or I'm sorry, not last Christmas, but I, whatever the fucking movie is this Christmas or I'm sure there's other comedies in, in theaters right now that I can't think of, but um, holiday Christmas party, things like that. This, this movie is more for people who love and just have a general love for movies and want to see amazing acting and amazing performances and amazing storytelling because that's exactly what, we get out of this film. So with that being said, again, I can't recommend Manchester by the sea enough. I give Manchester by the sea a 9.8. Um, go see it. Like I said, if you're emotionally prepared and you love movies, it's definitely a movie that you'll want to watch, especially with Oscar season coming up. And if you're one of those people like me who want to see all the Oscar movies, so you know, and kind of have an opinion on, who's nominated for what and if they should be and if you feel that that's fair or just or if it's just, you know, because, you know, there's those movies out there that are made just for to win awards. And this wasn't one of them, but I think it's going to win lots of awards. So that being said, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Matt and a Matinee. I have two more episodes coming for you this week. I have one finished, one I'm still working on. I have um, Passengers that I have to record. That one's finished. I have to just record it. That will be out later this week. Um, And then I have uh, Assassin's Creed. I've seen the movie. I'm still working on the review. Um, That one will also be out later this week. So you have at least three episodes of Matt and and Matinee to look forward to this week. And hopefully you enjoy them. So, yeah. So with all that being said, that'll do it for this week's episode of Matt and a Matinee. I am your host, Matt, and we will see you at the movies. <laughs>